Hey guys, and welcome back to the Winging It podcast. I'm Lucy Hitchcock, founder, podcast host, rosé lover, and dog mum. After I discovered the London agency life and corporate world made me severely unhappy, I left my nine to five job in 2015 and founded my own digital marketing agency, Sassy Digital. After carving out my own career path, I found that lots of others were reaching out to me on Instagram asking how I'd managed to create my dream career and have a life that I love because of it. So the Winging It podcast was born. I want to help business babes and career women all over the world do the same as me and have a career that makes them happy, whether that's working for someone else or starting your own business. In 2020, during a global pandemic, I founded my second business, Partner in Wine, after discovering that I had nothing to keep my beloved rosé cool on the go while having socially distanced drinks with my friends. I created the Partner in Wine, an insulated bottle shaped like a wine bottle that holds a full bottle of wine, keeps it cool for up to 24 hours in the summer and warm for up to 12 hours in the winter. You're listening to Series 4, This series, I'm going through each and every step that I took that has made Partner in Wine the success that it is today. Just six months after launch, not only have we had a sellout Christmas, we've now moved into a fulfillment centre to keep up with demand. We've been featured in several publications such as Good Housekeeping magazine, The Sun and The Mirror. We've collaborated with my all-time favourite rosé brand, Mirabu, And we have had some really, really exciting developments, which I will share with you throughout 2021. So in this series, let's learn how to successfully bring a product to market. This series is for everyone. Whether you're thinking about launching, you've already got a product out there and you want to emulate this success, or you're just interested to see what it takes to bring an idea to life. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello, I am, well, I always go to say at the beginning of these episodes, I'm sat with the lovely Amy, but it's like I'm not, we're doing this over Zoom because of COVID. <laughs> I know, it's a um, very strange uh, turn of affairs this year, isn't it? I don't think I've actually sat down and had a proper meeting with somebody for, it feels like forever now. I'm really sad as well, because I feel like if times were different, well, if times were different, I might may not have launched Partner and Why, but if times were different, we would have met already and I just have to rely on like WhatsApp photos. <laughs> It does force you to be quite clever with all the technology that you've sometimes taken for granted, doesn't it? But, you know, I've saved a lot of money on uh, travel fares, so, you know, can take that into consideration. But still, I do really miss seeing people in person. It's uh, what I like doing. Yeah, me too. So Amy, the lovely Amy, who is on the podcast today, is, what would you describe your job title as? What do you say that you do? I say PR director. I own Lucky 8 PR and I manage a small team of other very experienced PR directors and PR managers. But yeah, so that's usually what I say. But yeah, founder of Lucky 8 and director. So I sort of work across all my clients and making sure targets are being met, working out strategies. Yeah, and just sort of understanding what my clients are wanting and making sure they're sort of reaching goals for PR and moving in the right direction, helping them get exposure. Love it. Well, we will move on to that in a moment. Can you tell us a bit about your background and career and how you got to where you are today? I never know how far back to go, really. But <laughs> I always feel like go as far back as is relevant. It's know? relevant. Well, I suppose my interest was always fashion. And I um, started off by taking some work experience and internships at different magazines in the early noughties, which makes me sound very old, when magazines were still very popular and selling very well. So I'd be working in the fashion departments, in cupboards, being exhausted, running around on shoots. 
And then I started doing some work experience with PR as well, because that's the other side of things, which I did enjoy quite a lot. I actually started working in an industry I actually knew nothing about, but just the opportunity came up in motorsports. So I worked for Honda Racing. So that's like F1, you know, like motorboat racing as well, like powerboats and stuff like that. So I learned some experience there, but then obviously working amongst a bunch of petrol heads who just were obsessed with cars and engines wasn't really my thing. So I moved into a fashion PR agency and I worked at a couple of them, no, two of them before I went freelance. I actually moved to Australia for a couple of years and started working in styling there and still doing my PR. I worked on The Voice in Australia and what have you, had a very lovely time. Wow. Yeah. When was this? Um, 2013. 14. Yeah. So I was there for a couple of years. So I'd always wanted to go and live Australia. I love it. So we, me and my husband, we flew over, landed ourselves there. He already had a job in journalism there. And I just started reaching out to people completely from scratch. And, you know, it was quite pinch me moments at time. I started working on the biggest TV show that they had there in the wardrobe department for, uh, I don't know if you remember Delta Goodrum, the um, Australian oh, yeah. So she was one of the judges on The Voice. So that was an experience, a really good one. And then a couple of years later, I moved back to the UK and I launched Lucky 8 PR. So um, that's where we look after a lot of independent brands. First, we started in fashion, but we've branched out to beauty, lifestyle, and we help sort of grow independent brands, build profiles for entrepreneurs. And that's sort of how I got here, really. Love it. And what was the, and this doesn't have to be PR related, but I do love to ask this question, but like, do you remember a job that you had? Like it could be your very first job or it could just be a really random crappy job that you had. What is like the weird or wonderful job that you've had that's super random? Um, <laughs> I worked in Blockbusters when I was at a uh, university. Do you remember Blockbusters? What a trip. Oh, I remember Blockbusters. <laughs> it wasn't my favorite job. You know, all the adverts that they play on the TVs when you go in there. So imagine listening to those on a loop for a nine hour shift. I did go. Oh, no. I know. And being forced to throw out popcorn that wasn't expired yet because it was almost expired. That really pained me to throw away junk food that I could have easily taken home myself. But yeah, it was a quite a dull job. And yeah, that that was a bit of a weird one. And you had, (laughs) we'd have people come in, usually middle aged men that come in and rent blue movies. And that was always a little bit icky for me. What? Yeah, seriously. I mean, some people have no embarrassment. Like they just come in. How was that a thing? I don't know. I mean, like now, you know, you can get your jollies off the internet, can't you? But like back then. Oh my gosh. <laughs> people are coming in and renting a blue movie As and then dropping it back to you within two hours. Yeah. I just, you know. No. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Do you know what? Well, when I would go into Blockbuster was when I was probably between five and 10 years old mm. because I think they kind of became redundant after that yeah, but you know I've just been to the kissing I had never even knew that they did those in there yeah yeah it's not you don't tend to publicize it people know where to find them so wow yeah well there we go that's a really interesting one I love it when I ask people what their weird job is sometimes I'm expecting people to be like I've never had a weird job like I'm really like I've always had good jobs or something but everyone always like just smashed it out of the park with like a completely bizarre like random job but yeah Love it. Blockbuster. Yeah, I thought it would be fun. And you know, I did make some good friends there. But at the same time, it is pretty dull standing behind a counter all day. And they're very much about the upsell as well. Always try and sell more chocolate, try and sell more like, more ice cream and all that sort of thing. Anyway, I'm really boring, but it was a fun job. <laughs> <laughs> very nostalgic, I will say. It is nostalgic. Yeah, I was young. It was the summer. Yeah. 
you know, you do any boring job for money for a holiday when you're that age, won't you? So yeah, exactly. I agree. So let's talk about PR. Now, the reason I asked Amy to come on the podcast was because I have started doing some PR for Partner and Wine. And it's really funny, we actually were talking about this earlier. I think someone said on a webinar the other day that I was a PR expert. And I can't take that credit because that was all Amy. (laughs) (laughs) So just a bit of background with Partner and Wine. So I launched Partner and Wine and I had like a few people who follow me on social media. And one of them worked for Good Housekeeping magazine. So I had a few bits of PR before I started speaking with Amy, just kind of like organically through basically pushing the brand online. But it's a funny one, isn't it? Because I know you because you introduced me to some people to put on the podcast. Yeah, it was uh, Sophie T, the artist, and Jane Redmond, the ceramics artist. Yeah, who was just lovely, loveliest woman. I love Jane. Do you know Jane goes to my like parents' local sort of like tennis club? No way. Yeah. Jane lives, I'm not joking, round the corner from me. And I didn't know that when I first reached out. She lives literally round the corner next to my favourite coffee shop. Oh my gosh, how funny. Both those women that I've just mentioned were both, you know, self-made entrepreneurs and starting businesses from scratch. I thought, oh, they'd be perfect for Lucy's podcast. Yeah. And then when I saw you, uh, you'd started Partner in Wine, I thought, first of all, I said, that's a genius idea, as you know, as a big wine lover myself. And I thought, hold on, someone's got to be PRing these because this is a great story and this is a great product. And yeah, there we go. We just picked it up. I think you just, did you DM me? I feel like you did. did First, I left you a comment under your post and saying, this is genius. I've got to buy one. And I thought somebody's got to be doing PR for this. So I DM'd you. And you couldn't remember where you'd heard from me before till I'd mentioned Jane and um, so oh, yeah. yeah, you're like, hold on, I've, I've spoken to you before. I was like, I know you. Where do I know you from? Yeah. So I thought this is right up my street. I've got to ask her if she's got anyone doing a PR. So yeah, that's and Do you know what's funny about this is like, it's, and I've spoken to you about this before. I've spoken to like a few different PR people and like the quotes that I got back, unfortunately, were just not realistic for me. Mm. But I am one of those people that in business, if I want to make this work, which I do, partner wine I just think like there's certain things that you need to tick the boxes for and tick off the list so PR is something that I always wanted help with but I always say this to people people reach out to me in my time of need which is really weird because this is how I've hired all of my employees this is how I've like yeah it's just really weird people kind of just come to me and I'm like you shall work with me now (laughs) yeah it's almost like the universe isn't it making it happen for you it is it is yeah and some I feel like that sometimes when you know I've been with a client for a long time and they can't carry on with PR like they've got budget issues or whatever and then I'm feeling a little bit blue about what am I going to do to replace them and everything you know just with a little bit of effort just something that lands in your lap out of nowhere so yeah I believe in that and that's I've definitely had those experiences just the right person landing on my lap at the right time so I know how you feel I get you yes exactly so I was always a little bit nervous because I think nowadays people think of PR and they think oh well you know do you really need it because of magazines like is anyone reading magazines anymore and that sort of thing but I feel like there's so much more to it than just the magazine side of things so do you want to explain to us a bit about the sort of importance of PR when you're starting up or you know even if you're established and perhaps something you want to delve into well definitely I think I mean particularly if you're a new startup and we work with a lot of new startups there's no point having a fantastic product a brilliant website great social media you know if nobody knows you're out there 
And PR serves a lot of different purposes. It's not just to, you know, reach new customers and make sales, which of course is important. But for example, say if Partner in Wine, you one day wanted to get it stocked in Selfridges, let's say, for example, it is helpful to say, I've been featured in Stylist, I've been featured in Marie Claire or The Times, because then you have those trusted publications associated to your brand that, you know, puts trust in your brand for them to stock you to show there's a bit of buzz going about you already. So yeah, it is important. And especially just to continue driving sales, driving coverage is really important. Yeah, I don't know if that answers your question at all. But that does indeed. So you've actually just reminded me of something really important. I keep meaning to put as seen in on the Partner and Wine website on the homepage. And I've just remembered that I haven't done that. So I've just written it down. Yeah, it's an interesting one. And also, right, with e-commerce, I think it's so interesting because I wasn't actually sure if, you know, is this a brand awareness exercise or is it going to generate sales? Will it generate sales later on down the line? I think it's one of those things that sometimes things are tangible. When you get printed in a magazine, obviously you don't know where that traffic is coming from, Mm -hmm. but you can sort of kind of guess. You'll see like with, when, when that coverage comes out, you may or you may not. It depends how effective the coverage has been. You know, that's why you have to be quite targeted about where you're placing your coverage. But usually at the same time that coverage comes out, if it's done well, you'll see a spike and you can kind of guess that it's come from that. Prime example, right, is obviously with Partner in Wine, it's born in lockdown. I only have just moved out of my parents like a month and a half ago into my new place. So my parents' next door neighbour, a lady that lives down the road, she is the editor of our local Elmbridge magazine. Mm. And my mum had put it in their WhatsApp group and she was like, that would be great. You know, it was going into print next week and she featured us on like the editor's letter. And then I had all these orders come in from like Isha and Molsey and... Like, so you can kind of tell, I mean, with bigger publications, maybe you can't, but that was just a very targeted sort of example. Mm. But I don't know, I guess what you're saying is magazines give you that sort of trust. In yeah, brand credibility. Like, you know, it is interesting because so many brands, so many of my brands, whether it's right for them or not, want to be featured in Vogue. And it's not because Vogue is going to get you a lot of sales. It's because you can say, my brand has been featured in Vogue. And that gives not only your customers trust that your brand is good and trustworthy, but also, you know, potential stockists that you might want to be working with. It kind of gives that status to your brand, you know, because a magazine like Vogue is a big, thick magazine with hundreds of products and hundreds of pages in it, you know, whereas you're probably more likely to get good sales off a really good Instagram post. But in terms of having brand gravitas, it's great to be seen in these publications everybody's very familiar with. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's interesting because I also think it depends on what someone does. Like, for example, I, well, actually, that's a lie because I bought L the other day. But <laughs> I was going to say the only type of magazines that I read are home magazines. But like, for example, I feel like people do read certain types of magazines or like people who read Vogue, for example, they are like cult readers of Vogue. Mm. But I do feel like people make a sweeping assumption that people never read magazines anymore. But you do like you read a magazine when you go to the hairdressers, you read magazines on holiday and that type of thing. So there definitely is still a audience out there, I think. But it's just because of the Internet now, it's just changed the way that we worked. Yeah. You, know, you kind of want to see where those results are coming from. It so depends as well who your key customer is. You know, if you're targeting sort of a Gen Z 18 to 25, so you might not think that spending a lot of time in a traditional PR push is your best use of your time, you know, because probably those kind of customers aren't going to be reading Elle magazine or the Sunday Times or what have you. Yeah. And you might want to be putting a lot more effort behind Instagram or TikTok or influencers or celebrities that resonate with that customer base. But on the flip 
side of, you know, you're pushing for a more mature customer or more affluent, or it really depends on your brand is, then you might be best placed to being seen in Sunday time style, for example. Yeah, I think that's what brands really have to understand when they're considering their PR is sort of getting the heads of their customers and think, what are they reading? How are they influenced to shop? You know, I'm just thinking of me as a mother, for example. I spend a lot of time on Instagram following other mums and other parents, and I see something they're using, which is really helpful. I'll go quickly, you know, I haven't got a lot of time. I'll go click through on the link straight into the bio and I'll buy it on my phone. So you need to sort of understand your customer before you sort of know which direction you're going to go with in PR. Some brands, it's a bit of both. It's a bit of social. It's a bit of traditional. Some it's more pushing on the social. Some more it's on traditional. So yeah, that's usually what we narrow down when we're dealing with a client for the first time is sort of understanding what strategy is going to be the most effective. Yeah, no, definitely. I also think it's one of those things like when you're featured in an actual print magazine, and this is kind of my other point that I was going to say is we've been featured in some like gift guides and stuff like that on publications websites. So I think we were on the mirror. Where else was it? The sun as well. Yes. Yeah. I could probably know this. Yes. But obviously I can see everything that's coming from there because I can see within my analytics where mm. my traffic is coming from, where my sales are coming from. Yeah. But to be featured on websites like that, on the flip side, I mean, you may or may not know this, but in terms of your SEO, if there is a link to your website on many other websites, especially ones that are as big as like the Mirror of the Sun, for example, Daily Mail, mm. that all adds to your Google score. So it will obviously help push you up the rankings and stuff like that. So that's just a little side note. Mm. So in terms of when someone starts a business, obviously there are certain areas that one will put their budgets in. So for example, for me, I invested heavily in branding and then I invested heavily in like the photography. And so I think the next step for me was to look into the PR, seeing as I can do everything else myself, including like the website and all of that. But if people don't have the budget to begin with, is there any like tips you can sort of share with people on what are the sort of traditional steps that someone might take if they were going to attempt to do any PR themselves? Because unfortunately, I always think that PR is really to do with your contacts. And Mm -hmm. you'll probably agree with this because I know that you have really good contacts and you have really good relationships with journalists and you know exactly who to target to do X, Y and Z. But, you know, for many people, obviously, that's not really something that they would sort of know. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's to do with that. But also, I mean, a lot of the time I've been presented with a client who is based in a sector I haven't got any experience in, but my PR skills are transferable. So something that is quite important when you're pitching to a journalist is making things as easy as possible for them. Don't just send them a press release and go, oh, here's my press release. You'd need to say to them, like, you know, show that you've researched what they write before. So, you know, if you were going on a women's lifestyle website like Stylist, for example, and you can see the spot where you'd like to be featured, like maybe they've got regular pages or what have you, just say, I would like to put this brand forward. I think it would be great for your page for this reason. Here's some pictures. Here's the press release. Like journalists don't have a lot of time. They get hundreds of press releases. So you would need to really tailor your pictures, which is a little bit time consuming, but it's a more effective use of your time and you get a better return rate. But so returning to your original question about, you know, steps to take with PR if you don't really have the budget. Like I said before, you'd need to understand where you're going to put your PR efforts. Is it magazines? Is it social media? If it was magazines and newspapers and supplements, for example, and, you know, all their websites as well, then I'd do your research on finding out who writes those pages. Usually on most websites or magazines like that have a masthead. So, you know, you can see who works at all those magazines. You can see down the edge of the page who writes those pages. And then usually 
their email address won't be in the masthead, but it will have like a format. You know, you'll see somebody there who has the email format and then you can kind of guess what their email address would be. If you're a PR like me, you pay for databases, which you can access so you don't have to do any of that. But, you know, if you're starting from scratch and you don't have those kind of budgets, that's a good way to find out their email address. So then you get in touch with them and then pitch to them why you think they should feature your product, why it would be great. If you've got budget for gifting, that is always a big help. I'd even put gifting in the subject title because that sort of grabs the attention away from other press releases and emails that they've had that day. Journalists do love a freebie if they don't mind. (laughs) Everyone loves a freebie. Everyone loves a freebie. I won't hold it against them. I'd do the same, you know. Do you know what? I am so, I mean, I'm so awful in like a good way because I literally send out so many bottles as gifts. Like I just send them to everyone. I send them to people that help me. I do this, why that? Because I just think It'll come back to you. Yeah, it will. And you can't put a price on making someone else happy. Oh, that's so nice. No, that, that, that that's a really good attitude to have. And I've found this before with startup brands, just like yours, they always feel like they're just giving stuff away to begin with. But it's a brilliant way to get the buzz out there and get the support before you know it's multiplied and multiplied and it comes back to you. So it's not a wasted investment at all, I don't think. But anyway, so then you might want to consider social media accounts that might be suitable for your brand. So again, like I say, you need to think about the customer that you're trying to target. Who are they following? Like what's important to them? And then make a list of those influencers, find out their contact details and get in touch with them. So again, if it's a product, just say, you know, I think I've got this brilliant product that I think you'd love for this reason. I'd love to send you one. What do you think? The thing is with influencers as well, we're all familiar with the hashtag ad and hashtag gifted and everything. You have to understand when you're sending a product to somebody to try out, they are not contractually obligated to feature it for you. And that's when relationships with brands and influencers can get a little bit strained because they don't want you to assume that they're definitely going to feature it. If they like it, more than often than not, they will feature it. But it's sort of playing that, sort of gently asking them to feature it without telling them that they have to because you're not paying them. Absolutely. Yeah, and most influencers would attest that they would only feature things that they would buy themselves. So it's kind of politely encouraging them to do it, but without the expectation that they have to, you know. I mean, that's what I would suggest, you know, get inside their head, think about how if it's traditional PR or social media, do your research, find out who's writing those pages and find out you know, the contact details of social media influencers that you think would drive traffic to you and get a press release out there. If you're having trouble writing a press release, you know, you can always go to a freelance PR manager to write one for you. You could come to me. We do that. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you'd like to do it yourself and have a go at it, then there are tools online that can sort of give you some directions on how to formulate a press release. You know, all the most important information at the top, basically. Lots of great images are important as well something colorful, great cutout images too for shopping pages, like you want to have everything ready. And also just make sure you've got a functioning website ready as well. So, you know, they might like your brand and they want to click straight through to your website so they can check you out. So before you are ready to reach out to press, make sure you've got your samples ready, your press release ready, um, images that they can use and customer facing website as well. I hope that helps. And some people may not realise is, yes, you might have lovely lifestyle photography, because actually I find that people do tend to shop when they can actually imagine themselves holding a product. But for PR, you need cutouts. The first thing I ask people, I need good quality cutouts. And in case you don't know what that is, it's your product on a white background. So you've seen the shopping pages before, you know, like what we love this week and that kind of thing. They need a cutout image that they can plonk on a page. 
there are photography studios that can do that for you and charge you by the product or by the image. It's an investment, but you will use them and you can use them for your website as well. Yeah, exactly. And actually, weirdly, this is a really weird fact and totally off topic, but any e-com pictures which I've posted on social media, which I kind of do every now and again, people always save it. As in on Instagram, they press the save button. Oh, okay. That's what my post getting the most saves on is literally just the product image, which is weird, but I guess it makes sense because it's kind of like people see it and they're like, you know what, I'm going to come back to that later. <laughs> Got nothing to disturb it in the background and I'll come back to it. Mm. The other question I wanted to ask you was with PR, obviously people tend to think of it as like magazines and stuff. I don't know if I told you this, actually. I did a radio interview with like a local radio station. No, you didn't tell me that. Was that recently? Or was this before us working together? It must have been just before your time with me, like yeah. just before we started working together. It was like with this local sort of journalist. I can't even remember the name of the radio station. That's really awful, isn't it? I didn't even tune in because it was an obscure time of day, which is really sad because I love tuning in stuff like that and listening to myself talk about myself. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, in terms of like PR, I think people do tend to think of exclusively magazines. I guess TV may play some sort of part in this, but in terms of like TV and radio and stuff, do you think that's kind of like, old school do people even do that anymore yeah we do we have broadcast and that's something I've not really covered just on this podcast now we do do broadcast and there is some that's really beneficial you know for example if you've got a brand story or you're an entrepreneur and you've got a really cool story to talk about the background of your business there are lots of opportunities on radio to hear from inspiring people that have done you know, maybe created a business out of an unfortunate time in their life or they've spotted something clever or, you know, they're doing something quite different. Like an insulated wine bottle, for example. Just Just like that. So there are those opportunities. Again, you might not be getting, it depends which radio station it is and which TV program is and depends what time of the day. I've had brands on this morning and then they've sold out, for example. You know, like this morning is slightly different. Or I've had brands on Love Island before and they've done incredibly well. You know, it really depends on what the program is. But, you know, I've had clients interviewed on the BBC, you know, like on BBC London, for example. It doesn't mean they've had huge, huge listeners, but it does mean, again, that they've got that brand accredited to their name to say, I've been featured on the BBC. So um, I still think there's benefit in doing it. It really depends what your priorities are. Do you want to build brand credibility or do you want to make sales or do you want to do both? Then it's probably worth doing. You shouldn't say no if it's a recognized household name. Yeah, no, I do tend to agree with that. It's an interesting, wasn't it? I mean, I'm the type of person that just says yes to everything. I'm like, yeah, you know, whatever. It's (laughs) actually one thing that I did say no to recently. But love to know what that is. But is that for another day? No, no, you do know you do know what that is. Oh, I think I- it was me spilling the tea on someone's Instagram followers. I was like, no, I'm not interested in doing that. No. <laughs> yeah, they do try their luck sometimes just to see what they can get out of you. Yeah, I think so. I mean, actually, on that note, it's interesting because I sometimes get DMs from people going, Hey, I'm a photographer. I'd love to take some pictures of your product in return for some free products. And I'm like, how many times a day do you think I get this bloody message? People sort of trying their luck because they think you're going to get X, Y, and Z in return. So, or even like influencers in inverted commas, whose content looks like they've got loads of followers and they may be paying for likes or whatever, but Mm. what they're doing is actually really not aligned. So you do have to be a little bit careful about those sorts of things. But I guess if you do your research, it's, you know, it's one of those things. Definitely. 
I mean, there's other things like we have clients who are experts in their field. So, you know, if something comes up in the news that is relevant to their knowledge, then we'll put them forward. We'll go to the news desk and say, hey, we've got this person. They'd love to provide comment, you know, as an expert. What do you think? That's another way as well to sort of build your profile as a business owner as well. You know, not just for your business, but as you as an expert. So that's something else we do with broadcast as well. And how important do you think a founder's story is in terms of promoting the business nowadays? I mean, I I know what answer I would give to this, but I just want your opinion on it. Do you know what? I think it's become more important. I think people do like to have a human face to connect with a business and, and a product. Something I've learned particularly more over the years is more people are more active on social media and, you know, talking to the camera more. I think people like to buy a little piece of that journey, that success journey. And particularly if you've got a great story to tell that's going to inspire people. So many people are becoming self-employed these days. And, on you know, it's all about the side hustle and everything. There's almost pressure to have a side hustle now. You know, I think telling a brand story can be really inspiring for people and makes people connect with the brand more and make them more likely to buy from you. That's what I think, personally. It's something I need to be better at. I've always kind of shied away from putting myself on my own social media. But I do tend to find those posts do better, which is, you know, I don't know. It's not everybody's comfortable with it but um you know what I think it is I mean I'm a huge supporter of all small businesses I mean a lot of my Christmas shopping this year has come from small businesses it's just something that I personally believe in that's kind of what I want to do and I think seeing a face behind the brand no matter what the size is really helps you to kind of see their way of thinking and actually relate to it so Mm. for example this is how I've kind of built partner wine on social media and people always message me and say I've really enjoyed watching your story from the moment that you were like I'm starting another business but I'm not going to tell you what it is and then like teasing it and then eventually launching it and then even to the point like last month I had a huge financial goal that I wanted to hit Mm. and I was x amount of sales away from this goal at 10 30 at night on the 30th of November and I was thinking if I don't do something about this I'm not going to hit this goal and I'm going to be really annoyed that I didn't do anything about it yeah so I just went on social media at 10 30 at night and I went please I was like I've got this goal and I really want to meet it I was like I really want to meet it please like this is gonna sound really beggy but I don't care I was like I really need your help if you want to buy something for Christmas please do it now so that I can reach the goal and within I think it was within 15 minutes I surpassed the target by x amount had you done that without your face to the brand I don't think people would have really cared as much like they want to support you because they've been following the journey and they want to make you happy and they want it to be a success so I think yeah if you don't put your face to the brand and it's understandable if you don't want to because not everybody's that outgoing but I do think it can yeah reap some rewards for you and garner you a lot more support yeah I guess it's also better for I guess in some instances it's better for PR because I mean the things that people tend to write about my business is they talk about how the founder of the business wanted to go out for a cool wine with their friends during lockdown and how relatable is that like I mean it's just so relatable and I think traditionally people used to want to make themselves look like a much bigger business than they are but actually nowadays people are you know wanting to shop small and wanting Mm. to support independence and wanting to follow that story and get a piece of the pie while it's like fresh and so in a few years time when they are huge or they're still posting on social media but you you remember the time when you started following them which was from the very beginning Mm -hmm. yeah I completely agree and with social media now you have just so much access to these brands to follow them personally and follow their journeys and so yeah it's, it's a brilliant development really and it is helping people shop small more than they were before 
Love it. Yeah, we take what we want, particularly for partnering wine, don't we? So. <laughs> it is indeed. It is indeed. So this has all been so super helpful, although you haven't persuaded me to want to go and do my own PR, I have to say. No, I mean, I will say to anybody listening that you can, you know, if you've not got the budget and, you know, you've got the time to do the legwork yourself, then... And you've got the determination. You've got the determination because it really does take persistence, PR. You can have a go at doing it yourself, but I would say 80% of, I always say it's 80% of my job is chasing journalists and chasing influencers, chasing agents. So you've got to have the time to do it. If you haven't, I would encourage you to speak to some different PR people, PR managers and freelancers and agencies to see which one fits for you. Usually you can find someone that works in your budget. Yeah. I also think like it's funny because I hate using the words together, I'm busy. Because I always think that, yeah, okay, I'm a busy lady. And like everyone's like, oh my gosh, how do you run two businesses? You're so busy all the time. I'm like, I don't like to use that word because I really feel like it glorifies, you know, that you have to be busy to be successful. And I will always, always be able to make the time for anyone that wants my time. But Mm. that then means having to outsource the things that actually, I'm not going to sit here all day and chase journalists. It's just not going to happen. I don't have the will to do it. Mm. I don't want to do it. And so I think in those instances, you know, whether it's PR, whether it's social media, whether it's, you know, doing your, your own branding or your website or whatever it is, you have to ask yourself, do I have the time and patience to learn how to do that? And if I don't, then that's perhaps when I need to speak to a professional. Oh, the best thing I ever did was hiring a bookkeeper to do my accounts. Oh. You know what, Lucy, I'm not built for it. I'm absolutely not. The amount of hours and tears I spent in the beginning of my business. No, we're the I same. I understand things with HMRC, things I've calculated wrong. Maths is not my strong point. Once I outsource that to my brilliant accountant bookkeeper, I can't tell you what weight was lifted. Oh, I know. So it, yeah, I think if you can, it's investment in your business and your time. You can spend your time better elsewhere rather than struggling to do something you're not fully qualified to do, really. So, yeah. I totally agree on the accountancy front. Also, like anything to do with HMRC or anything like that really does scare the bejeebies out of me like anytime I get any like one of those brown letters through the door I'm like oh my god (laughs) but yeah even having a book I mean my bookkeeper texts me last night at nine o'clock to tell me that I need to go and do something or rather and I was like thank god that you're on the case because I certainly wouldn't be and then I'd be waiting a few more months and then I wouldn't have done x y and z and the government would have been after me so there we go you know just someone to cheer you on in that corner and make sure everything's running smoothly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I suppose so on that note, even though we've probably talked about some of the benefits of working with a PR professional, mm. is what I would call it. I guess, what would you say are kind of the main benefits of working with someone to do your PR? I think you'd be working with an expert who knows exactly how to talk to journalists, how to talk to social media um, influencers, celebrity agents, all about press events, you know, that are very experienced. I work in this industry, but it's also my, and this is the same probably for lots of other PR professionals, is it's their interest. I spend far too much time on social media, just checking out what's going on, being updated on the news as well. And it's, you know, I'm fully immersed in it. So I know what's relevant for your brand. And it's my job to be chasing people day in, day out. Journalists and social media influencers are extremely busy. And sometimes you are spending weeks on end just chasing people. Have you got this? What do you think of that? Or brainstorming other ideas. And especially if you're working alone, I think it can be a little bit isolating when you've thought of an idea, but you're not sure if it's any good. You're not sure if it's going to work. And it's just better to sort of extend your team a little bit to have someone to bounce ideas off or have someone feed you ideas where they think they could work. 
It's a job that requires real persistence. And I think that working with a PR professional that can take that off your hands, who's got the ideas, who gets your brand, like you want to choose the right one that you feel really connects with your brand. It would be a huge weight off your mind because it is a full-time job. And especially when you're launching a brand, you've got so many other things to do. It's a lot of time to dedicate to one thing. Do you know what's really nice about working with you? And I guess this would just be the case about working with any PR, but I love when you send me emails and you're like, hey, Lucy, I've got this for you. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> High five emoji. I'm usually as excited as the client, to be honest, because I get a big kick out of it. Like I've had brands that started from, you know, the kitchen table featured in Forbes. Like that gives me huge satisfaction. And I just love when a small company run out of somebody's back bedroom says, oh, that coverage we've had on the weekend, I've completely sold out now. You know, so it's it's really satisfying. You end up with another person on your team who's on your side. So, um, yeah, I, I completely get it. I also think that it's one of those things that, I mean, I'm a very driven person and I have a team of people who work on my client side of stuff. And so I kind of have that day to day, like motivation, keeping each other going mm-hmm. sort of thing. But I do think that to upkeep that motivation that you may have found and to keep feeling positive about stuff and to kind of get that reassurance that you are doing the right thing by, you know, releasing a new product, for example, or you're doing the right thing even just by running a business or starting a business, getting those emails into your inbox that go, by the way, it's going to be featured on The Sun or it's going to be featured on the email or whatever it's going to be. It really does keep you going and you get really excited and you're like, oh, okay, well, oh, okay, that's going to push me forward to my to-do list because now I need to do this and I probably need to change that because of this and all of this sort of stuff. So it does definitely give you a push and a boost. Yeah, I've had brands say that to me before. Like, you know, when I started out, I'd be working with independent designers and they go, I don't know if what I do, I like it. I think it's great, but I don't know if other people think it's great and what have you. And they're working on quite a small scale and then they get quite a big piece of coverage. And that gives them a real confidence boost that a fashion editor of a magazine, a respected magazine thinks their stuff is worth putting on their page. So it does give you that confidence boost and motivation just to keep pushing forward through it. So even if you've been having a low couple of days, it does sort of, you know, light a fire under you again. I think it makes you feel good. Definitely. Yeah, it really, really does. So yes, thank you for that. I think that's everything I wanted to talk about, to be honest. I really feel like I've just loved working with you and I've just so enjoyed exploring into the world of journalism and all of that stuff and we've managed to get some really good stuff oh we're just getting started Lucy it's only been a few well it's not been long at all has it oh don't I'm getting goosebumps now (laughs) (laughs) no I can't wait for the spring when it's hot weather drinkings again I know we've got our mulled wine drinking weather at the moment but you know the cold wine weather drinking it's something about the sun coming out wants to force everybody to get drunk in the middle of the week in the middle of the day doesn't it not that we're encouraging people to get drunk necessarily. Sorry, I was just going to say I don't need the sun for that, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think my whole lockdown was fueled by Rosie in the garden, to be honest. It was, uh, oh. you think, I know it's midday, but the sun's out. Just a quick lunchtime rosé. It'll be all right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like a soft not... drink. <laughs> Sorry? So it's like a soft drink. Rosé? Yeah. I suppose it could be. I've had so much it's, of it. You know, it's like crisp and refreshing. It's like drinking a soft drink. <laughs> I know. It's nice and icy cold. Yeah, exactly. So no guilt. <laughs> no guilt whatsoever. So lovely, Amy, where can we find you on social media, website? Uh, you can find us at Lucky8PR. That's on Instagram. And you can also check out our website, www.lucky8pr.com. Fantastic. Well, I would encourage anyone thinking about it to go and do that.
And here we go. This is my weekly. You can find me on all of these different channels. You can find me on at Lucy Hitchcock underscore on Instagram. If you want to keep up to date with the podcast, it's at the Winging It Podcast. Obviously, at Partner and Wine UK. And for any marketing digital tips, it's at Sassy Digital. Why do I have so many Instagram accounts? Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> now you know why I'm busy. <laughs> exactly. And no wonder you don't have time to do your own PR. Yeah, literally, I've got too many Instagram accounts for that. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. No, not at all. It's been lovely. It's my first podcast. So, um... oh, yay. Yeah, I forgot to say that. So exciting. Very enjoyable. You make it very easy, Lucy. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope that you found value in that, whether you are looking to launch a product yourself or you're just interested in the process. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and please, please, please leave a review if you enjoyed this episode or you are enjoying the series. It really does mean a lot to have your feedback and to know that you guys are listening and involved. So yeah, please do go and subscribe and I'll be back next week with another episode.